You're listening to Locally Grown. I'm Adam Lowell Roberts, and in this podcast, I interview various people about evangelism and the Western Rite within the Orthodox Church. So here we go. This is Locally Grown, and I'm your host, Adam Roberts, and today I'm speaking with Father John Mangles. Father John, I'm so excited we're talking. Thank you, Adam. It's good to be here. And um, we just met... You know, it wasn't, it wasn't that long ago, three months? At the convention in Miami. Well, we got to, we met there, but we got to talk, really, finally, back in November. Right, when you came to do the yeah. uh, workshop. and that was wondering, and there was so much that happened there, I felt like some of it needed to be repeated. And some of what you shared with me helped me resolve some things that I was struggling with and have been struggling with. I've been working full-time for the Archdiocese now for almost four years in evangelism. And one of the things I struggle with is, you know, if you go to Russia, the church there looks Russian, and it should. If you go to Greece, the church there looks Greek, and it should. You go to the Middle East, the church there looks Middle Eastern, and it should, right? And this carries on even into in more modern scenarios, like in Africa. If you go to Ghana, it's very Ghanaian. Uh, you can go to YouTube and search and see just sure. some amazing things they're doing. Uh, in Alaska, we all know the work that St. Herman and St. Innocent did and how, how they incorporated so much of that Native American life. Um, but when you come down here to the mainland United States, I don't see anything that looks American. And I, th- I think that has to take time, but I also, I really see in our history some intentional incorporation of the culture that the Orthodox faith seems to have always said, there are parts of you we want to embrace. All the good parts are Orthodox, even if they weren't before they are now. Mm-hmm. And so you told me about a conversation you had with uh, our previous patriarch that really, really related for me to what we're dealing with here in America. And so I was hoping that you would repeat that conversation. Sure. Well, I had the immense pleasure of hosting Patriarch Ignatius the Fourth. Uh, in 2005, when I was serving at uh, St. Paul's, when I was serving at uh, St. George Antiochian Orthodox Church in West St. Paul, Minnesota, uh, his beatitude had come to receive a re- an award from the uh, Collegeville, St. John's Collegeville University, a Catholic university, uh, not far from uh, the Twin Cities. And when we heard that he was coming, uh, I asked Metropolitan Philip if it would be all right if we invited him to come to St. George's, uh, which he agreed to do. And uh, I had the patriarch for several days, and I served as his chauffeur during that time, uh, which meant that he sat in the front seat of my car with me, and we had great opportunity for conversation. And. His beatitude was was very forthcoming. Of course, he spoke English fluently. And we had opportunity to speak about a number of different topics. Um, I would ask him about someone or something, and he would give me a great dissertation on it. And at one point, I said, Sayedna, I said, you know everybody. And he says, Abuna, I'm a very old man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so uh, it, was a, it was a wonderful, friendly time uh, that I had with the patriarch. And 
we were talking about the Orthodox Church and its mission, its mission in America, uh, its mission throughout the world, and we got on the Western Rite. Now, I had served for many years in the Western Rite, actually at my present assignment, St. Augustine's in Denver. I founded St. Augustine's in 1978 as a parish of the Old Catholic Church, and we were received into Orthodoxy in 1990. And from 78 or whatever until 1995, I served in the Western Rite. Uh, I was transferred to St. Paul in 1995 and served for 11 years in the Eastern Rite. So I had some experience uh, in, in both rites. Uh, I know them both well. So I asked the Patriarch about the Western Rite because he had recently convened a, a commission at the Patriarchate to look at the texts of the Western Rite, the liturgy, the office, all of these things, because he uh, was receiving parishes in Great Britain uh, from the Anglican Church. And some of them were going to become Western Rite, and some of them were going to become Eastern Rite. And I said, well, Sid, and I said, what do you think about the Western Rite and its mission? And here he said something very interesting to me. He said, you know, Abona, I would not be surprised, but the greatest concentration of Orthodox in the West will one day be Western Rite Orthodox. And I said, really? And he said, he said, yes. He said, you know, our expression of the faith uh, is, is Middle Eastern, as Antiochians. And uh, he said, I love the church. I love the Byzantine chant. And he said, but I think that for Westerners and Western ears, the Western rite might be the future of orthodoxy. And I thought that was very interesting. And later on, I had an uh, opportunity to speak with Father Michael Kaiser, who had been involved in the missionizing of, the, of England, uh, bringing the Orthodox Church to England for the Antiochian Archdiocese. And he told me that the Patriarch had said something similar to him. So I thought that was an amazing statement. It begins to address my confusion of how come the church here doesn't look American? And if it does begin to look American, what does that look like? Uh, I don't feel qualified to know what that should look like, but to hear, to hear this statement, this speculation, that maybe that's what it looks like, just really puts so many things in, the, in a better perspective for me. And so um, I just felt like that was such... That was such an interesting perspective that needed to be shared, not something that we could sweep under the rug as, oh, it's just some old comments from an old man. Yeah. I don't think so. And the thing about the patriarch is that uh, although he was in his 80s, he was very up to date and he was very with it, as we say in popular parlance today. Uh, so I, I think that it was a reasoned statement. I think that he had, he had thought about it. And it's an interesting statement, too, and you mentioned the fact of the church being American. Um, I always get a little nervous about that, that idea, because I think when most Americans think about the American church or an American church, 
they think of waving hands and praise music and all of this. That will never be a part of the Orthodox Church. Yeah, I'm glad you're clarifying that because that's not what I'm envisioning either. Exactly. Yeah. I think that I think the Western Rite, uh, as it is uh, uh, practiced within the Antiochian Archdiocese, we have we have the longest history in all of the Orthodox jurisdictions who have uh, entertained Western Rite Orthodoxy. We have the longest, uh, we have the greatest longevity in, in, in doing this. And I think that when the Western Rite Edict was established in 1958 by Metropolitan Antony of Blessed Memory, um, he was very clear in it and it echoed the uh, same sentiments that the Holy Synod of Moscow had brought us in 1870, when the Western Rite was restored to Orthodoxy, and again in 1911, when uh, Metropolitan Gerasimus Masara went to England and received the old Catholics in England, that we were not doing archaeology, okay? So we were not going back to some golden age of what the church might have looked like before the schism. The Synod, the Holy Synod of Moscow, was very clear, I think, in stating that that all that comes from the West that is not contrary to the Orthodox faith is admissible. So, and that's a lot. It is everything, you know. So basically we're talking about the doctrine of the Thesaurus Meritorum, the doctrine of the treasury of merits. That's not Orthodox. Purgatory is not Orthodox. The Filioque is not Orthodox. The primacy of the Bishop of Rome is not Orthodox. But as the Holy Synod of Moscow said, our problem with Rome was never her liturgy. It was theological issues, basically the filioque and the universal jurisdiction of the Pope. And uh, I don't know if you paid attention, there's a lot of discussion going on with the filioque these days. And um, when we talk about filioque, I. I, I'm assuming, and I don't want to clarify, you're talking about double origination. Yes. Not, double. not from the Father through the Son. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so I just want to clarify for those Filioque who... Filioque prochated. Yes. Uh, because there are a growing number, it seems, um, and maybe even a majority, I, I don't know, but of Roman Catholics who now are not really accepting the double origination, but really moving towards uh, from the Father through the Son. Well, it is, it is the ancient Western doctrine, you know, Pope Leo II, uh, or Luther III, I'm sorry. Um, when the Filioque controversy first arose uh, in Spain and began to be uh, spreading throughout uh, Europe at that time, um, he clarified the position of the church by having tablets of silver placed in St. Peter's in Rome that had the text of the creed in Latin and in Greek without the filioque. So a proclamation from a Pope of Rome when all of this was developing that the Orthodox understanding of the creed is exactly the way that we say it today. Not the way that it has come down to be used right. in the Roman Catholic Church and in Protestant churches derived from Rome. You know, we've got we've got a lot of work. There's so many misconceptions about what the Western Rite is, what it believes. I, I know that I, I encounter people are saying, "Was well, the theology different?" Well, how could they? How could the Western Rite be Orthodox if 
if we're talking about a different theology. And there's so much more we could get into, but I just wanted to bring to light this, this comment from what I would consider now a very wise man who could make that observation in America. Because that, that can't, I'm not sure that would have been easy for me to make that observation. Well, I, I remember it as though it were yesterday, and I could take you to the place on a bridge in St. Paul as we were going over the Mississippi River where his beatitude said that to me. It was so shocking to me. I remember all the details around it. <laughs> I bet it Maybe was. Maybe not shocking, but uh, enlightening. Absolutely. Well, that's the bulk of what I wanted to ask you about, unless there's something else related that you wanted to mention, um, either about uh, evangelism or the Western Rite. Um, but other than that, just that, just that conversation alone, is—it's uh, been a lot of fruit for me. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad it has. Um, there are many people who have varying ideas of what the Western Rite is, or what it should be, or what it might have been. But I think that what the Antiochian Church has done over the last over 50 years uh, with the Western Rite speaks for itself. And um, we have thriving communities, and our people are fully orthodox. You know, Bishop Basil one time uh, made a statement, and I've, I've heard him uh, say this actually on a number of occasions, that in speaking with uh, Eastern Rite people, he said, you know, there are people who look like us, there are people who smell like us, there are people who taste like us. There are people who look like us, but they're not us. And he said, and then there are people who don't look like us, who don't smell like us, who don't sound like us, etc., 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 but who are us. And basically he was speaking about the difference between the Roman Catholic Uniates and the Western Rite within Holy Orthodoxy. Absolutely. That's a... That's a great way to explain it it is so well father john thank you so much for meeting with me here my pleasure adam uh can give a, a little bit of a um explanation of why we're together um i've been in denver for the past couple of days uh and this is going to be in a, in a separate report and you'll hear tons of news about this but uh metropolitan joseph was here and uh, his grace bishop john was here to visit uh, our mo uh, monastery in the Colorado Rockies, Lady, which we affectionately refer to as Lady Minster, uh, the Holy Monasteries of Our Lady and St. Lawrence. And uh, it was a wonderful visit. And uh, it also gave me this time to sit down with, uh, with you, Father John, and, and talk a little bit more and continue our friendship. Absolutely, Adam. It was a blessed time. Uh, it was so wonderful to see the uh, Metropolitan's unequivocal support of the work. Uh, you know, he's, he's made statements before, but I think his, his visit and his actually being on the ground and meeting with the people and installing Deacon Theodore, not as prior of the monastery, but as abbot of the monastery, that was a tremendous step forward. Oh, and um, if I may use the word precious, <laughs> we had a precious moment with the Metropolitan as he sang part of the installation. Really? In, in the correct 
musical formation, and I'm, I'm new to the Western Rite, so I don't know how to explain exactly Gregorian what tonality. But it was a Gregorian tonality. Oh, wow, He that's did it wonderful. wonderfully without any music on hand, and you could just sense this warmth from him that he loved being with his children. He's a very warm man, and um, you can tell the love that he has for his people. Yes. Absolutely. So we were all just just swept up our feet when he began singing. I can imagine. Yes. Uh, so. I wished I'd have been there. So thank you so much. My pleasure. God bless. This has been Locally Grown, and I'm Adam Lowell Roberts. I work for the Department of Missions and Evangelism of the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, and sometimes I like to make movies. Locally Grown is a podcast of OrthodoxWest.com.